0: Welcome back to The Latecomers. I'm Amity. I'm Lenio. And this week, we're taking you to the shores of Nova Scotia. But really, it's the island in Maine. But really, it's Nova Scotia. (laughs) We watch...
1: I'm very confused now.
0: We watch Dolores Claiborne.
1: Dolores Claiborne.
0: And that
1: is what we're going to talk about. I don't know why I keep calling her Claiborne, but... Clay... Claiborne. Claiborne. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, where the R's are. Dolores Claiborne starring when Kathy Bates from 1995. Before we get into it, how was your week?
1: My week is actually really, really, really productive. I got a lot of stuff done, a lot of writing, a lot of stuff.
0: Put our Christmas tree up.
1: You put a Christmas tree up and it's covered in
0: soft candy, candy canes, canes
1: <laughs> that you shouldn't eat. No,
0: I tried to eat one. And it was the wrong consistency. No,
1: it was a bendable, flexible Gumby candy (laughs) cane. Gumby
0: candy cane. cane. So now it's just decoration. It's not a food.
1: It's no longer something edible. You should never touch it or put it anywhere near your mouth. It's terrible. Nope, nope, nope. How was your week?
0: It was good. Aside
1: from the candy cane incident. Yeah, the candy cane
0: incident. It was good. I'm I'm, I'm dealing with December logue.
1: Oh, what does that mean?
0: I don't know. My whole body hurts, and I'm very tired. I'm sorry. It's all right. That sounds awful. I didn't get a flu shot, and this might be coming yeah, to bite me in the butt. I keep hearing
1: stories about killer flu. Like well, the I'm most...
0: hoping that's not what's happening. Well, but... It's.
1: it's, I, I don't know. It goes along with everything else. Evil immigrants and terrorists, and there's always something to be afraid of. And now there's the worst flu that's ever been.
0: Hmm. This I, is why I shouldn't work around other people. I just stay at home. And then yeah, I can't get the I, flu. Actually, I would, I when would I'm all alone.
1: A job where I could just sit and write and, and not have to bother. And today,
0: with I spent a whole day at a job. So I work from home. Mm-hmm. So ha- I work long days, right. but I typically do a lot of that work here mm-hmm. in our home. I was at the shop for. Eight hours and my whole body hurts. <sighs> I don't know how people with an actual job do it. I don't think I could do it anymore.
1: And they slowly slowly lose their mind.
0: Oh, yes. That that explains it.
1: So, do you want to get into this movie? Well, I was going to ask you if you'd recovered from The mango yet.
0: Um, yes, because I got to watch a better movie.
1: Okay. We watched a better movie that night. Yes, that we night. did. We <laughs> watched Single White Female to cleanse our palate uh, and have a decent thriller And coincidentally, Single White Female stars...
0: Jennifer Jason Leigh.
1: Who's in our movie today. Who's
0: in our movie today. So we've
1: seen her at different points in her career.
0: Although those are pretty similar points in her career. Really? Single White Female feels like it came out in the early 90s.
1: Mm, Let me see. Uh Uh-oh. It's
0: the new... It's the new feature on our show, Lemuel Google's a thing.
1: Yes. Yeah, so oh, we're it,
0: stealing it from...
1: It takes most Back of... Back to the
0: Futuramas, Ben Google's a thing.
1: It, it, it takes most of, the, uh, of my time because I actually am really bad at using a computer.
0: Also, your computer's keys are very loud, so I'm sure that they hear every keystroke. Yeah. Clack, clackety clack, clack
1: clack. So, single white female was... And it's funny how many films I've seen of hers.
0: Okay, that's fine. In 1992, when? so 1992. yes, it
1: wasn't a different point in her career. I, I
0: she, don't think that 92 to 95 is a different point in her career.
1: No, actually, you're <laughs> correct. I'm absolutely wrong.
0: Because they would have filmed this in 94. Mm-hmm. We don't. We presume that they filmed the other one in 91. So it's really, it's a three-year well, difference. Of
1: the first film I'd seen her in, she was being recommended. I remember this when I was a kid, in 1981. There was a slasher film called Eyes of a Stranger.
0: Okay, so she was what, 4 in 19- 1999 no, no, no. in 1981?
1: She was a teen, I think.
0: She's not that much older than me, is she? Oh, yep, no, she is. So how She's old old is older she than been? you. Yeah. <laughs> she was born in 1962.
1: Right, she actually um she had done she played an anorexic teen in a movie called Best Little Girl in the World. And under medical supervision, she dropped to 86 pounds for that. Holy cow. She was cow. very committed. But Eyes of a Stranger was her big movie debut. It was supposed to be a transition for Lauren Tweese, who was an actress on The Love Boat, which was a really popular show at the time. And she was a TV reporter, and there's a mad slasher. And um, Jennifer Jason Leigh played her blind sister, who had been traumatized in an attack, uh, and now has to face this killer.
0: What is this movie called?
1: It's called Eyes of a Stranger. Okay. The movie was not great. It was just a sort of a a a very standard thriller with a lot of sexual overtones, although there was kind of an attack on sexism as part of the film. A female journalist who isn't taken seriously and her sister. But
0: well, at the time It's a cool eighty four minutes long. <laughs> right. Well that was it. It was short. But
1: at the time Roger Ebert
0: Oh, his little review was in the IMDB right, page. Giving
1: a review of this film, he and Jean Siskel were we're going to single something out from this movie that's worth watching. Jennifer, Jennifer Jason, Jason, Jason Leigh, she is amazing. And, and she, she was is.
0: 19 in this movie. She, when is the, amaz- when she, she looks it. like
1: she's about 15. Um,
0: well, she still looks younger than she is, right. so yeah.
1: But she, uh, she did a great job in this movie, and they were going over like, you know, she's amazing. She is really, really amazing in this film.
0: Oh, she's in the Sucker Proxy too. Yeah. We should really watch that movie.
1: Uh, at some point, we've come to it late. Uh, so, anyhow.
0: and she was also mm-hmm. in the reboot of Twin Peaks. Really? Yes. Oh. She's in the 2017 uh, grouping, but uh, yeah, she's a. That a, still doesn't make me want to watch it. Uh, no, <laughs> I I
1: saw the hateful eight. Mm. and that was a disappointing movie in that most of her role in the movie seems to be somebody beating her up or calling her a Specifically, bitch.
0: Specifically, Quentin Tarantino. Right. It's his hands.
1: I don't That's understand That's more information about, about right you thing. than
0: I need, Quentin Tarantino. Because it was just kind of awful. Stuff. All right, let's get into this, because the movie right. is not about her. Well, the movie is about her mom. Let us Let me read. Important. She's important, but... Mm-hmm. Let me read you mm-hmm. the one sentence. This is a, this is a bad sentence that stricts, that is grammatically correct, but okay. I'm just letting you know. I'm not sure how that works, but go ahead. Well, All right, explain this to me like I'm a two-year-old, okay? Because there's an element to this thing. I just cannot get through my thick head. A big city reporter travels to the small town where her mother has been arrested for the murder of an elderly woman that she works for as a maid. Technically, all of those things are right, but I don't... It's a bulky sentence. Yeah. The mother in question, that's Kathy Bates, one Dolores Claiborne. Her daughter's name is Selena. and those are the two main characters in the film. Although, there's a lot of... There's a lot of big names in this movie. Yeah, there
1: is. There's an amazing cast.
0: And this it was directed by Taylor Hackford.
1: Who had done an officer in a gentleman, and Ray... And well, at this point, an officer and gentleman, which was actually a very good film, regardless of what people he think.
0: did. Right? I don't,
1: yeah, I didn't
0: know that he's still making movies. Mm-hmm. The Devil's Advocate, he blood in, well, blood out. I watched that movie in school. Hey, kids, that's not appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the Against All Odds video. Yes,
1: which is that film? I actually I really
0: enjoyed. Uh, so he, here's what I know about Taylor Hackford. All right. He has a beautiful white beard. Uh... And so, okay, so this movie takes place in two times, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of flashbacks, and in a time when, like, the Irishman is bringing a lot of attention to the the de-younging of people and how far that technology has come, Uh you know, and the Avengers, obviously, but specifically right now with the Irishman, and it is hard to get people who we know what they looked like when they were younger, so yes. you can't just put a different actor in there because you're like, yeah, but no, I saw Robert De Niro when he was this age and that's right. not him. Yeah. So they're they're youngifying people. Now they they do that here as well, but they don't do it with CGI. They do it strictly with makeup mm-hmm. and they do it mostly by making them all, they all have sort of aged makeup on in the current storyline and then they... Right uh, like they take that off so mm-hmm. that they look like their normal selves, and they like them differently mm-hmm. um in the younger
1: this is the old fashioned way of doing things
0: thing it's about twenty it's a twenty year difference. Mm-hmm. It works very well, yeah. I will say the plot in nineteen ninety five or we presume it's nineteen ninety five in the book, I'm sure it's a different time because. The book was written before nineteen ninety-five. Dolores Claiborne is a domestic worker. She is a maid. Mm, she's more than a maid, though. She's a full caregiver she's to actually, the person caregiver, that she works and she's for.
1: also responsible for maintaining the house. Yes, which is a huge, which house.
0: is mm-hmm. what care like a lot of caregivers are responsible right. for all of that. I used to work for senior helpers, huh? On Little Tall Island in Maine. Is that a real place? I don't know. I don't believe it is a real place. The it was filmed on in Nova Scotia, which is close to Maine, but is in Canada. No. It's not real. It's also where Storm of the Century takes place. Okay. So.
1: It's a fictional king town. It's a
0: fictional, yes. Uh, also, Kingdom Hospital and Haven both re- reference it. Okay. Um, but it is, yes. So it is a fictional king town like Derry and Castle Rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, she... We open with her, her who? With, an, with an argument okay. that we see in silhouette. Uh, and an, an old woman falls down the staircase. And then uh, Dolores is ransacking the kitchen and comes out with a marble rolling, rolling pin, pin mm-hmm. and is holding it up above. Uh, it's Vera Donovan, who is her employer. Uh, when the mailman comes and stops everything, but Vera is already dead, so it looks like she was about to kill her because it, she was definitely about to try and kill her. And uh, there is a police investigation, a murder investigation, wherein they bring in. There is a a police officer here in the town, and that is played by one very young John C. Riley, who. When you said, "Oh, I've never seen him this young," I'm like, "Oh, he'll just look like a young Fozzie Bear," because to me, John C. Riley is the human version of Fozzie Bear, uh, and I was right. Yes, you were. <laughs> it definitely was. And uh, they bring in a police detective from the mo- the mainland, and that is played by Christopher Plummer. And his name, what is his name? Characters' names on, in this, I have. John Mackey, yeah, i you couldn't if you right. gave me a quiz and i my life depended on coming up with that name, it was never gonna happen. His Christopher, Plummer, don't worry about it <laughs> um, and this is the same there's a history here mm-hmm. uh oh, we'll get to that in a second though Selena Jennifer Jason Lee's character is a journalist living in New York City uh, spoiler alert she battles depression and substance abuse, so there you go. So she gets a fax. Her, so her boss is Eric Bogosian, uh, who's only in like three scenes. Because you were like, "Oh no, this guy," yes, I, and I was yeah. like, "No, I don't think a he's little the of big him part. goes a long way." Uh, I like him, but I, I don't know. I, I I have not seen whatever you've seen to make you not like him. I don't think. Uh, but she gets a fax at her office that is a newspaper uh, page, like photocopy of her mom having been arrested Mm -hmm. and then it's just like isn't this your mom written in the handwriting Mm -hmm. she doesn't know who it's from and she decides that she has to go there and deal with this she's been trying to get her boss to give her a scoop uh, to send her to Phoenix
1: is she a celebrity interviewer as far as I can tell
0: she is I don't think that because, she's a celebrity interviewer. Yeah. I think she has interviewed celebrities in the, of the course the of stories. Of them, yeah. 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 Um and she goes there um and goes into the little I guess it's the police station. It looks just like a house. Right. <laughs> like everything is very cash on Little Tall Island. And um She makes them sort of release her mom for the weekend. They're going to have an inquest on Monday. She, um... Well, there's no real reason to hold her. No. And she's not going anywhere. That's the thing, is they're like, well, don't leave the island. And she's like, where the fuck am I going to go? Like, uh... And her... Now, Selena and Dolores have not seen each other in about 15 years?
1: They're estranged.
0: Uh, we find out uh, that yeah, it's been about fifteen years since Selena's been on the island, and Dolores has never been more than fifty miles away from home. Mm-hmm. So the history of these two mm-hmm. uh, is that Selena believes that her mother killed her father. Right. Uh, other people who believe that uh, Dolores killed her husband. Uh, is Detective John Mackey. <laughs> so it's a very long list <laughs> it's really just those two. I guess the well, entire the moment, town.
1: The moment that uh, Dolores is released back to her her home, it's painted over and the windows are broken.
0: Yes, but also we and yeah. So the whole town thinks that she had killed her husband, and now they believe that they've she's killed Vera as well. Um, uh, her husband died twenty years before mm-hmm. on the day of the eclipse, and. The detective had tried to get her, you know, convict her of that and was unable to do that.
1: Now, the, the detective, uh, Mackey, has an otherwise sterling.
0: Yes, he says he's solved 80, he's done 86 um, murder convicts. cases right. and he's got 85 that he, right. you know, completed to his satisfaction. And the only one that he didn't was this the, the, the murder of Joe Claiborne. Was it Joe? Yeah, Joe. And uh, we should say that Dolores doesn't like to be called Claiborne, Mrs. Claiborne. Mm -hmm. She refers to herself. No, no, no. They call her St. George. Yes, St. George. They call her Dolores St. George. And she says, no, it's Claiborne. I changed it after he died.
1: Oh, okay.
0: So she does not. But Selena's last name is St. George. That's why I I got it mixed up. So we're going to go back and forth in time. From 1975 to 1995. About. Right. <laughs> About. The detective is very keen on proving Dolores murdered her boss because he he didn't get her once. He's going to get her again, get her now. Uh, and, yeah, we, we go back, and Dolores clearly has been living at Vera's house. Mm-hmm. Now, Vera was very sick. She was um, in and out of coherence. Uh, she clearly was suffering from significant dementia, uh, and uh, she—we don't know what happened the day of until later on in the film. But um, she couldn't be in that house by herself. Mm-hmm. So Dolores was living in the house. It, we don't know how long she had a
1: room there. She yeah. that's why her house was mostly abandoned. It abandoned, isn't very right?
0: well furnished. Either. No, no.
1: Once she brings Selena home, there isn't much to. There's work no food. With, right?
0: There's no yeah because she has not lived in this house for I would guess probably about 5 years at this mm-hmm. point uh Vera had been sick for at least that long so Selena has come to support her mom she's not going to let her be abused by these police detectives but also she thinks that her mom killed her dad when she I guess when she went away to college basically she just never came back after that And uh, at 13, so Selena was 13 in 1975 when her dad died, and he was an abusive alcoholic. We see, okay, so in the flashbacks we have Joe, Mm -hmm. who was played by David Strathairn, who's the best. Not in this. In this he's like the literal worst.
1: Very unpleasant.
0: Yes, deeply, deeply unpleasant, which is tough because I really like David Strathairn. Uh, So... He, uh, at one point, uh, w- Dolores believes that he's uh, gotten clean. Mm-hmm. He's in re- um, rehab. He do- goes to AA oh, meetings. We learned this during the flashback. Um, what?
1: We learned this during the flashback. yeah, yeah, was, during
0: the flashback. Happened. Yeah, no. Anytime I'm talking about Joe, we're in a flashback because okay. he's been dead for twenty years. She th- mentions that uh, people in AA mm. and how they're supposed to lean on each other for help. So. She presumes that he's not drinking anymore, and then we see him pouring booze into his coke can, right. so he's clearly still drinking. Uh, and he they and the first time you see him do anything untoward, he's home from work and he's mad because the soda isn't that cold, because she'd just gotten home from work mm. 30 minutes before. And put it in right away, but what, do you, what you know what can she do? and he's bending over into the fridge, and his pants have split, and she 's laughing because it's fucking funny right? Right. <laughs> like, and then she's like, "Well, take them off, and after dinner I'll, I'll fix them for you and he he like pretends that he's joking with her and comes over to her, and I didn't see what he hit her with it,
1: I, I think it was a piece of firewood
0: okay he, he hits her with a like a fucking full-on log in yeah, the back right. And she's basically then unable to move yes. for at least an hour. Like, we see she's, like, trying to do dinner things, and she's, una- like she's mm-hmm. just sitting at the table and just unable to move because of the pain that he's inflicted on her. And she keeps it, like, Selena comes in, and she doesn't. She's like, oh, well, can you take that off the burner and, you know... I'm just resting here for a minute, mm-hmm. like she keeps it hidden. Um, and then we see um sort of the history of her of Dolores's relationship with Vera, Vera Donovan, who is a hard woman to work for. So we see how she gets hired. Mm-hmm. She's looking for summer help. Uh, she's a millionaire and she only has the house this is a summer house right so she's there alone in the summer except for a couple of weekends when her husband comes out to visit but it's basically her dominion and she goes in Vera makes no bones about the fact that she's basically a horrible bitch and she wants things the way she wants them and she won't you know truck with anything Mm. different and Dolores is like, fucking pay me and I will do what you need needs doing. And she knew. It, it was
1: hard work. Well, she had a lot of very specific nitpicky kind of demands. about Yeah, like you could. couldn't...
0: She had a clothes dryer, but mm-hmm. you couldn't dry anything in it. Like, I don't know why you'd even have it at that point. Everything had to be hung on the uh, lines. Even in the cold... Like, the cold in May, mm-hmm. in Maine, is real fucking cold yeah and she she talked about how at the beginning of the cold season her her hands would start cracking and she knew by february she'd be bleeding just because she had to come down and put six fucking clothespins on each of these sheets yeah. that came out of the like it and it was a, down a big hill really
1: idiosyncratic
0: yeah uh But she took on the work, and by the end of that first summer, um, she was offered a a weekly stipend to come in and basically air the house out, clean it out once a week. Um, What was the princely sum of that? Oh. Something like. $80 Eighty dollars a week. No, it wasn't. It was twelve dollars a week. She was making forty dollars a week during the summer, uh-huh. and then it was for to come in over the week over the over the closed time over the winter. Uh-huh. It was twelve dollars a week, and Dolores accepted that. I thought
1: it increased, but maybe that's just later on. In the story.
0: Later on oh. in the in the story, yes. Um, and and she opens a bank account for this money, mm-hmm. and she puts her check-in, and she never touches it. It's for Selena's education. That's what it's for. It's up to, like, $3,000. It's probably earlier than 75 when... Like, it had to be earlier than 75 when she started working for Vera um, because she'd collected $3,000 mm-hmm. by 1975 when Joe's abuse was getting real bad. There's another and Selena there. started acting real mm-hmm. weird. And so Dolores goes to take the ferry with her back cuz i guess they go to school on the mainland and and work uh, or and some work was on the mainland or like shopping mm-hmm. and stuff. So they take a ferry back and forth. And she makes um Selena, you know, go with her on the ferry and she's like, "Well, we're going to just ride back and forth until you tell me what's going on." She wants to hug her and she won't let her, Selena won't let her touch her. And she sees that Selena's wearing Joe's mom's necklace. Mm-hmm. And she says, you know, did you go into his closet and take it? And she says, no, he gave it to me. At which point, Dolores kind of understands that her husband is creeping on her daughter.
1: Right. He seems to be doing this, it was like a payoff or something yep. to, get, to keep her quiet. You're my
0: sweet girl. And we see him being real lenient with her mm-hmm. as, as, you know, Dolores is trying, like, you were getting straight A's, and then this report card is all C's, and he's like, it's fine, she's fine. So she's clear, like, Selena's clearly in distress. Dolores doesn't know why. Then it sort of hits her, like, something's going on. Mm -hmm. And she, at work, like, the next day, um, she breaks down, and Vera Donovan, who now lives on the island full-time, by 1975, she lives on the island full-time, because her husband died, (laughs) In a questionable car In an accident. Well, it's not that questionable because when Dolores breaks down, Vera comes and sits with her and she and Dolores says, You know, my husband Joe is is messing with Selena. Mm-hmm. and vera just goes is did he fuck her yet like right, just yeah. fucking and and it it almost like she looks like she gets slapped across the face and she's like i don't know but if he hasn't yet he will soon right. like we know where this is fucking going and vera fucking like a champ vera this is my favorite scene mm-hmm. i think i just the the way that she delivers these lines she's like you need to engineer an accident. An accident is an unhappy woman's best friend. Like, for instance, if a husband is uh, driving home one night from his mistress's and his brakes fail. Right. So, yeah, no, it I wasn't a it fucking wasn't accident. This bitch was. killed her husband. And she's, because, oh, it's, it's, it's not after that. It's, she finds out that Selena's being messed with. Mm-hmm. She goes to the bank to withdraw the money that she had put aside so and that they can get escape, away. Right. And they she finds out that Joe has gone there, withdrawn the money, and put it in a different account. But
1: there's an interesting scene there where she uh, what is it interrogates the bank manager yeah. about why Joe was able to work his way around. He
0: didn't have the passbook. So right. at a, at, this is at a time when, I mean, this is a very small neighborhood bank right this is probably Mm -hmm. the bank on the island there's a passbook you have to have that you go in and you mark they mark down what you've taken out and what you have put in Mm -hmm. it's all done by hand there's no digital anything right and he didn't have the passbook she did but he was able to say well i lost it so just give me a new one and then he withdrew all of the money and then she was like you wouldn't have let me do that. He only did that because he's a man. Yeah, That's the only fucking reason that you did that. And it's right, because that, especially in nineteen in the 1970s, in small towns, there were probably still laws on the book that that money was his.
1: Yes, probably. Especially Those laws from. Are,
0: are still in the books in some places now. So I've got to think that, yeah, and, and that is the way, yeah, no... It, no pockets and bank accounts. are really just working against m- women's freedom. Um, she says, can you tell me if he put it in another account or did he bury it in the yard? Mm-hmm. And just before you don't answer me, think of the heartache that you, you could have saved if you just picked up the phone when he walked in here and said he lost the passbook and called me because my name's on the fucking account mm-hmm. first. Right. Um, and they do tell him that he opened another account and he spent $500 of the. So there's $2,500 in an account that she now cannot access. And that's what causes her to break down with Vera. And Vera's like, well, husbands die all the time and leave their wives money. I should know, shouldn't I? And then she, yeah, tells her little story. And uh, the... um. We we kind of cut back to the current time, when Dolores is telling her story of what happened in the house with Vera, uh which is that after waking up, not knowing how long she had been demented, for lack of a better term, she sl- asks, you know, how long was I out? Basically, and she's and Dolores tells her it's been like three days mm-hmm. since the last time you you would have a coherent conversation um Dolores brings in the um bedpan because she's soiled herself she's laying in her bed so mm. she soiled herself she has to uh Dolores moves her into a uh the we- or her wheelchair and she starts yelling cuz she wants her uh, ceramic pig cuz she's got the ceramic pig um collection. There's a ton of them. So she brings her one of those. And she says, I'm gonna go make you some tea and I'm gonna, and you're gonna calm down. And while she is making tea, she hears a commotion upstairs and so she goes upstairs. The fact that Vera is upstairs is a bit wild to me. Like, once she went up those stairs the last time, I doubt she's been downstairs right. in years probably at this point. She's probably going from the bathroom to her bed and that's about it. Um, and she's trying to like scoot herself with her one good leg towards the staircase and you know Dolores is like well what are you doing like she thinks she might just be a little out of it again Mm -hmm. and so she's like well get back in like what are you doing you're you're overexerting yourself and Vera is like no I don't want to live like this anymore it sucks and I don't want to do it anymore and they struggle and Vera throws herself down the stairs that is in fact what has happened so at the bottom of the stairs, Dolores is sa- says, "You know, let me, I'm going to call. Don't move." And it's a it's a hell of a fall. It's a nice staircase, and she, she just falls all the, the way down. Uh,
1: the staircase railing. The railing, yeah. It,
0: yeah. Um, yeah. She's bleeding from the mouth a little bit at mm-hmm. the bottom. Um, and and uh, Dolores is like, "I'm going to call the uh, I'm going to call 911. Mm-hmm. Don't move." And Vera begs her, "Don't let me die in a hospital." just finish me off here. I don't want to live anymore. Just So that is what we see Dolores in the kitchen ransacking for something to do this terrible job that she does not want to do, right. but also she wants to honor her this woman's wishes. Like it's she's made it clear by throwing herself down these stairs that this is what she wants. It's yeah. not a there's no question to that. Um when she comes back, she's holding that marble Rolling pin, and she can't bring herself to do it. the The postman comes in, but Vera's already passed away. She Mm. died from the injuries that she inflicted on herself. So that is uh, her story, right? And then, and everybody's like, "Well, okay, you know that makes sense." Fine. And then, you know, the fucking detective is like, "But what about?" And it turns out that Vera Donovan has left. Dolores Claiborne, one point six million dollars, the entirety of her fortune, uh, and in a will that is dated eight years ago. So sh- she probably knew. Mm-hmm. Turns out she did not know. Uh, when Dolores hears that, she kind of just loses it and like fugues states and just starts walking. Like she just leaves. Mm-hmm. She just gets out of the like she just walks away. And um and Selena almost but like that almost turns Selena like oh well maybe she did kill her right. Uh Dolores finally is like I had to do something about your dad because he was sexually abusing you. Now,
1: we should point out that Selena does not remember any Selena of Selena does not remember this. Now, sexual Selena abuse at all, and she seemed to be
0: is a drinker. She's drinking the same brand that uh-huh. her dad drank. And she's taking she has so many pills in her bag, y'all. And not in like a nice pill case. Mm-hmm. She's got like seven Just bottles, bottles right. of pills. Uh which um Dolores finds because she unpacks Selena's stuff and mm. so she sees all of this uh these things and uh Selena has like denies it, thinks she's lying to her, thinks she's gaslighting her. And they fight, and then she leaves. Selena uh Selena leaves. Selena leaves, yeah. Uh and then This, there's going to be a solar eclipse, a total solar eclipse that the island is going to be poised to see.
1: Then uh, we're going back in time. Now.
0: This is in 1975. And Vera, like, gives Dolores the afternoon uh, after making sure that Selena has a place to go. Selena was working at the hotel and got double time because mm-hmm. all of these people were coming in to right. see this this event. Uh, and... Vera's like, this is your chance. Now what we should say is earlier when I believe why was she out there? Why was Dolores out running when she fell through the well the first time?
1: She was running after Selena. Oh, okay. Who was trying to get away from her. Okay. And uh and so she stepped through the there was a, like a wood covering. It was a wood covering that had rotted. Rotted away, and she'd stepped right through it, and injured herself, cut up her leg.
0: Yeah, cut so up her leg. So well time, bad. when
1: she was at the, uh, when she came home early, she brought home a tray of snacks, and, yeah. some, liquor and some liquor for her husband. And some liquor
0: for her husband.
1: This is a premeditated plot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Going to kill her husband. She
0: well, she was going to engineer her husband's death. Mm-hmm. I don't. She killed him. I don't. I don't, I, I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know if I agree with that. But, so, the that Eclipse rum. approaches, she makes him some sandwiches, he's drinking, he mm-hmm. drinks that whole ass bottle, too. Right. Like, we're not even going to pretend I'm in AA today. Like, fuck it. And he's being a real asshole.
1: Yeah, you'd think that being waited on and fed and...
0: Would make him right. nicer, but no, he's a dick. And... All the time, fucking picking at her looks and how she's let herself go and this, that, and the other. And I'm like, um. Because you're a real winner up there, this day. Yeah, precisely. Uh, and she, um. Once he's sort of properly lubricated, she starts fighting back. She starts, she basically is like, well, uh, what do you think those boys are going to say when they realize the only pers- thing that you can stick your dick in is your 13-year-old daughter? Right. And he is like, oh, what? <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to fucking kill you. And um, she knows that he took all the money, and she b- brings to that... She she brings up the molestation, and then he attacks her, and she runs. And as they're running, he gets her once, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh no, they're not <laughs> where she needs to be, and he could very well beat the shit out of her. Um, she gets up, gets away, and then you just see her like take a flying leap, and he does not realize what is happening, and then, whoop, and he is in the well, except he's not, because he caught himself, and he's yelling at her, help me help me before I fall all the way in and she is like I'm gonna go ahead and give that a miss I'm gonna go ahead and pass on that thank you for offering and he's like trying to get up but of course he is drunk uh and he does in fact fall down the well and he dies now I believe in the book he doesn't die right away I believe in the book there is some there is some time when she is concerned. Mm-hmm. that they will find him because he is making noise. But it, they don't do that in this. I believe that's true. I can't remember. I haven't read the book in a very long time. Now, uh, she... Here's the story. Or Selena then hears this whole story about what happened. Mm-hmm. On a tape?
1: Yes, she... He... So there's the the story that takes place concurrently isn't very much. There's not very much to it.
0: No, it's only 2 days, right? right? So
1: she comes home with her mother, she tries to make excuses for to leave early.
0: Yeah. She She, said she's got a big job mm -hmm. in Phoenix, so she can't stay.
1: Right, and as it turns out, we find the job that she has in Phoenix has been taken away from her. Yeah, given to somebody
0: else who then she presumes her boss is sleeping with, and I'm like, does that mean you're sleeping with your boss? Well, yes, because she says that in the very beginning of the the film. I know.
1: So he just takes up and and promotes his new mistresses. So now she no longer has a job. Well, that's not true. She doesn't... That's what she told
0: her. She doesn't have a a story that's Mm -hmm. pressing for her to go. She's not... Unemployed.
1: I was in the impression that she was unemployed. No,
0: I think scenes. that she just uh, doesn't have a, a, like she doesn't have a deadline of the time that she has to get somewhere. She, I think she's still a reporter. So most of her
1: scenes, though, are her fighting with her mom. Yeah, latest scenes. Yes, and also this interaction that she has with the detective. Yeah, who she has the sympathetic uh, sheriff, which is John C. Reilly, John C. Riley. Yeah, because she went to school with him. Yes. And then there's the detective who really is hell-bent on closing this case.
0: Yeah, and at one point, like, Dolores is like, don't you remember him? Uh Because when Selena was 13, and after her father's death, this Hmm. guy grilled her um, and wanted to ask her questions without her mom present, and that was never allowed, thank goodness. Um, But grilled her thinking that she knew what had happened and she didn't know what Mm. what had happened. She was gone and they kept everything from her. Um, So then she, yeah, she hears the story like of what happened to her dad and on the ferry, she remembers something. When she's getting coffee, she remembers an incident with her father, which is a very disturbing scene, y'all.
1: Yes, and it's not explicit in any way. No, nope, but
0: it's, but just, it's deeply, it, deeply unsettling. Enough is
1: suggested to where you, you don't get that many scenes of, thank God, of molestation. Yeah, People thank God. People know better than to have to see that. And what's implied is enough to make you really very uncomfortable with, yeah with what's going on on screen. It's just disgusting.
0: Yeah. He he, he cajoles her into giving her, him a handjob, right. is basically on what a, happens. In a public space. In a public space.
1: And he's bought this uh, affection Brought her a by hot chocolate, and hot giving chocolate here's the up.
0: necklace, and yeah. It's and then the Selena thing. realizes, oh shit, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: like,
0: I was wrong. She mom. had
1: suppressed these memories up until her mother brought them up, and yeah. her mom left them, This is, to me, the only sort of weak device in the film is that it takes place in such a short period of time. Yeah. And it's essentially just extended conversations that she's having with her daughter yeah, that wind up being very long flashbacks. Yeah. And so, as much as the modern-day story should have some sort of relevance, I think truncating the novel gives this thing to where, uh, or has the effect that we are just getting big parts of Dolores' story... And not a lot of how it's affecting.
0: Well, Selena also the the movie is called Dolores Claiborne.
1: Right, but so the framework device isn't yeah. very strong.
0: Well, um, yeah, and I think that that's deliberate. I actually think it might be bigger in the movie than it is in the book.
1: Mm, really?
0: Yeah, because Selena has been gone for so long mm-hmm. and hasn't been a part of, you know. Dolores' life, other than she did this thing in 1975 to her husband for mm-hmm. her child. Right. And there's some really, ooh, yeah, there's some good acting, especially at the beginning, between these two, because Kathy Bates really sees this woman who doesn't want to have anything to do with her, and doesn't want to be like her, and mm-hmm. she respects and understands that, but it fucking hurts still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, oh, let's let's get to the end mm-hmm. before we go. Yes, yeah, so she realizes that she was wrong. So she goes back, um, and at the inquest, um, Mackie, the detective, is making this case to send this to a grand jury to uh, indict Dolores for mur- the murder of Vera. And Selena's like, that's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I'm like I've done enough that I know that this is all circumstantial. There's no evidence that's admissible here. You're only doing this because you have a personal vendetta because you're at an 85 out of 86 mm-hmm. and you really want that 86. Right. And, like, the w- your theory of the case makes no sense because these two women loved each other. And they're like, loved each other? She's admitted to threatening to kill her. I'm like, yeah, that's what you do when you love somebody. But, um... And because that is the thing that keeps coming up. Didn't you threaten to kill Mm. her? These two women are intractable. They're both difficult women. Well, they're antagonistic
1: towards each other until they're not.
0: Right. But but also, like, Dolores Claiborne worked for this woman for 20 years Mm -hmm. for $80 a week, we end up finding at the end. That's what she was making at the end of this, right? Right. So in 1995 working 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. She never took a holiday. She didn't have family there. Mm. There was no reason for it. She was making $80 a week. Well, what about the will? Well, why would I have worked eight extra years for $80 a week when at any time I could have poisoned her? I could have smothered her. Right. I could have I could have done any of these things. Instead, in the middle of the day when we know when the postman comes, so we, it was during that hour that the postman well, came. The I pushed it, right. her down the stairs and then I ransacked the kitchen. Like what kind of fucking criminal mastermind is like? This is clearly not a thing that was premeditated in any way. Yeah. Like it doesn't make any sense. And if she, and she clearly like you see that Dolores did not know that she left mm-hmm. her that money. And she right. says over and over she can't do that. Like, well, I mean she can, and she totally did, but she didn't know that. And and Vera is not the type of person who would have ever told her that. Yeah. There's no way. Because A, that's how you get yourself murdered. <laughs> also that's Vera knows a little something about murder and she's also not gonna put herself was, in a position.
1: There was a kind of a a nasty one-upsmanship between the two women. Yes where they were constantly trying to get over on each other. Yeah. that was part of their relationship.
0: Um, Yes, that was a part of their relationship. But these two women loved each other and cared about each other. There's no other reason for... You wouldn't keep that job unless Mm -hmm. you cared for that person because there are other jobs. They pay better. They have good hours. You could go home. Right. Like, there's no... It just doesn't make any sense. And that's, that's how it ends. Like, there's... You know, we presume... They live happily ever after. Well, we know oh.
1: that the inquest has to be dropped. There's no grounds for it. What yeah. killed the woman, old woman, was the fall, it not was the, fall. the blow that never came. That never came. That's life. the thing.
0: That's the other thing is there was a blow that never came.
1: Right, and she was already dead or dying by that point. She, and de- yeah. she died before anything was ever done to her. Yeah. And the testimony that Dolores Claiborne gives, which is the this was going to be a mercy killing cuz she was suffering she
0: was suffering and she begged me to do it
1: right and if it, if it had gone through it would've been a mercy killing yeah there was a dozen as you said a dozen other times and these are the kind of things that Seri- uh, Selena points out yeah that all of this was possible and that this person has uh, this detective has an interest
0: but you yeah you could you could you could have smothered her in her sleep mm-hmm. during one of her dementia phases. You could have over-medicated at, her. Any, you yes, could have done at any point in these eight she years. This was the, the most violent, horrible way. Mm. Why would you... You wouldn't right. do this. Nobody would do this. So, yeah, and that's how it ends. They reconcile, and then Selena goes back to New York. Because she's got a job. Oh, no, I believe no. she has a job. <laughs> I don't know why you so think So what did
1: point. you think about the film as a whole?
0: As a whole, I think it's very good. I... No, I was going to say it might be a little too long, but I don't think that it mm, is.
1: I think it actually kept the story moving along very briskly.
0: Yeah. Um, that scene, that molestation scene, is too long for me, mm-hmm. but I understand why it was as long as it was. Well, it
1: has to be. There, there's a de- Okay, so on top of the long flashbacks, which is an odd device.
0: I don't mind it. And, and I would. Th- I think that actually more of it takes place in 1975 than
1: 1995. Yeah. I think that the other device that unfortunately has gotten to be very overused is to have actors remember things or rather their memories are played out as dramas that they're seeing in front of their eyes. Oh, yeah. And I think that's become such an overused device.
0: But I would say that wasn't the case no, in 1995, no, 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 yeah.
1: But it's become such an overused device that watching it now, oh, that's where this this comes from. You yeah, know. yeah. Watching it. I think it, that comes... Mm-hmm.
0: I think from the book, I think that's how it's described in the book as well. Mm. Um so yeah. It's not his fault. No no, I don't see that it is. There but is, is this delicious. is a this is a book that has a crossover with another book mm-hmm. um that they don't put in the movie. Uh, and that is that during the eclipse, at one point Dolores is looking, I believe she's looking under a bed, but she might be looking in a mirror. And she sees a character from another book, and that is Jesse from Gerald's Game, mm-hmm. who at that very same moment, in that very same eclipse, is, spoiler alert, being molested by her father, or uncle maybe. That's strange. She's being molested. Um, and she, and they see each other. Mm-hmm. There's the link to that, where they see each other in these books, but they don't know who that woman is. Mm-hmm. And you don't know...
1: It's it's okay. like this
0: weird supernatural thing that happens in both of these books that don't have supernatural things in them
1: mm-hmm.
0: that links the two
1: right.
0: Stephen King universes and actually in the 1995 um, timeline or in you know in the current timeline not the flashback timeline Dolores also thinks that she that that woman is in trouble mm-hmm. like she gets a, a twinge of that and it's probably when Jesse is yeah you know. Hey, guys, Gerald's Game is a, a book about a woman's strapped to a bed. <laughs> so that's probably when. But it's not It's not explicit, and it's not included, in, it's not included in this film. Right. No, I, it's no, not. No, I mean the or other the either. other one. Yeah. yeah, it's not included in either of the films, which we shouldn't know because we haven't done Gerald's Game yet, but we definitely have watched it. Uh, so that is um, sort of a link, uh, a Stephen King universe link. That we should we should discuss or should should mention. Anything else? What do you think? I, did you uh, don't now I thought you liked it, but I now did, I'm thinking no, 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 you no, no, didn't I, like I, it. No,
1: I did like it very much. There were just some devices that one of them has been overworked, not as a result of I mean not.
0: Like it, since then, not since then. Yeah.
1: Right. It's sort of uh, the whole idea of coming late to something, which is our thing. Uh I remember seeing E.T when I was far too old. You have to remember, my parents were very strict, or at least my mom was very strict. Uh, I ran a very strict household. We weren't allowed to go to the movies ever. Okay. So I always heard about movies. I didn't see them. And it wasn't until I was much older and I, that I caught up on a lot of stuff I hadn't seen because of the, uh, the, the VHS revolution, I'll say. Okay. People were going out and renting videotapes. So... I saw a lot of things too late. I saw Star Wars 10 years after it was released? More, maybe? Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, I think I saw Star Wars and The Empire Strikes Back fairly close to each other. And I saw E.T. I thought, okay, I'm going to see E.T. What what caused all the sensation? And it wasn't a particularly big film to me. It was just sort of there. But a lot of the devices didn't work for me because i'd seen them so overused since et and i feel like one of those instances where it helps to see something at the time you're supposed to see it yeah would have been this film because that would have been a neat dramatic device instead of yeah. seeing it used over and over and over again
0: you know i'm going to i'm going to give a little bit of a shout out to a couple of things uh-huh. too um there are some good main accents in this movie. Kathy right. Bates is doing an excellent main accent. John C. Riley is doing a great accent, uh, and mm. the writing of David it is Strathair. very good. David David Strathairn mm. is as well. Yes, um, and the the writer of this movie is Tony Gilroy. Mm-hmm. Do you know who Tony Gilroy is? The name is So he wrote one of my favorite eighties movies, The Cutting Edge. He also wrote. Um, all of the Bourne movies. Really, he wrote The Bourne Identity, mm. The Bourne Supremacy, and Probably The Bourne Ultimatum. Uh, he wrote Michael Clayton, which is a fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also wrote the Great Wall, so mm. uh, and he wrote the Rogue One movie, which you enjoyed, I believe. Yeah, I did yeah. very much. So he's pretty good. Uh, he's a producer and writer, and uh, well, the, the writing on this is very. Oh, he's also a Pulitzer Prize-winning playwright. Mm. There so. we go.
1: Uh, maybe that's why he's familiar. The uh, the acting, though, you put
0: together a cast
1: of really good actors who internalize like this.
0: Oh, sorry. Real quick, the Cutting Edge is from the '90s, not the '80s. I apologize. It's I just presumed. I apologize. <laughs> it's from 1992. <laughs> yeah. I saw that film. Because you love her. She's wonderful. Yep.
1: The film was I can't think of
0: her name. I can only think of D.B. Sweet's name. Moira Kelly, that's it. Yes.
1: Yes. Uh, how could you forget Moira? No, she's beautiful. But uh, what I liked about The Cutting Edge, watching it with you, was that there's so little of them actually ice skating. There there's so all, little of them. It's
0: just like... Cut to professionals, professionals, right. actors, professionals, <laughs> professionals. We're g- zoom in on the feet, sure, sure. Go ahead and right. zoom in on the feet. I guess that's what Fred Astaire would want. I don't, I don't
1: know. Uh, Fred Astaire was, so, well, anyhow, that's a whole. No, oh,
0: was it Gene Kelly who, who wanted, like, look at my feet? Don't look at my Fred face when I'm Astaire dancing, look at my was,
1: feet. Uh, and he, he said, He wanted full shots, body shots, every time he danced. Oh, okay. Because he felt that it was so easy to cut in somebody else's feet. Exactly. And he went on (laughs) to say, in the 70s, his last film was uh, Finian's Rainbow, which was directed by Francis Ford Coppola, I think. And Coppola kept putting him out of frame when he was dancing. And that's when he stopped, because he kept getting into disagreements with him, saying, "I, I want people to see me dance. Right. Because okay. if not, it could be somebody else. And he was advancing in age.
0: Right. So why read. not? Yeah. If you're going to show, if mm-hmm. you're not going to show that it's me, get somebody else. Right. Somebody else can do this.
1: And that's, uh, he said, young people these days dance with their faces. That was his comment. You would know, you think that a close up of someone who's dancing is the same as I'm dancing. And uh, strangely, that passed on to Bruce Lee, who agreed with him.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. No, show my what whole I'm doing body. I what can I'm do doing.
1: these things. And it could be an extra, like every, because, you know, People doubled, he, he worked with stuntmen, people right, doubled other people their whole lives. So his point was, I want everyone to see I can do this, so top to bottom, Bruce Lee owes a great deal to Fred Astaire, which is odd and fun. That is weird. <laughs> but anyhow, yeah, so that was the cutting edge. I'm not sure why everyone we went off on that tangent. In this film, uh, it looks like all the actors are doing their own acting, and they're amazing at it. Yeah. And the, there's, as you said, there's some really great reaction, reaction shots with Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates and Jennifer G. Leigh do a lot of arguing. Yes. And there are moments when Kathy Bates is acting entirely with her eyes.
0: Yeah. No, she's. Her face is real good in this movie. Especially
1: when she first sees her daughter mm-hmm. for the first time in such a long time. Mm-hmm. She doesn't recognize her. Yeah, no. And then she's horrified that she didn't recognize her own daughter. And that moment's really good. There's. One of the things I miss about modern movies is you don't get acting moments when actors just get to unleash well, on each that's other. That's true.
0: But I, a lot of a lot of the movies
1: I don't no, I don't say it consistently. The movies you just mentioned that this man wrote, right? Mm-hmm. Um look at Michael Clayton. There's yeah. some amazing actors just uh uh-huh. acting with each other moments. This is not a common thing anymore. I think there's actors acting with special effects. I think a lot of scenes are juiced up by the background music and by the editing, but I really like the idea of just putting people in front of the screen and seeing them react and act with each other and choosing to emphasize those moments when they just oh my god, look at that. That that what she said really hurt. Yes. Yeah. What she said had an impact, you know what You're getting what,
0: real close to a get off my lawn there, grandpa. <laughs> right. And
1: Christopher Plummer's detective. There's such a line of aging venom in him.
0: He, that was the one character that I thought they didn't give him quite enough.
1: To do or to,
0: yeah, enough time. Mm -hmm. Because it was like, why is like, First of all, I don't believe 85 out of 86 homicides closed. Well,
1: I don't know. I I understand how there's 85 homicides on this tiny little island. But again.
0: they're not. He's he's from the mainland. Yeah,
1: but it's Stephen King country, so I suppose all that could have happened in there.
0: But I'm just. I I know that actual homicide detectives don't have Mm -hmm. closing. Like, that just is. That's just, you know, it's a writing (laughs) glitch, right? But, like, it's.
1: Well, it gives him a motivation, but I believe that his performance is amazing.
0: His performance is good. I just, yeah, his motivation wasn't fully fleshed out for me.
1: With this director, where he was wise enough to just do close-ups on these people's faces, Mm -hmm. and the tiniest little gesture, curl of the the mouth, or the the way their eyes express, Christopher Plummer looks like, um, how can I put it nicely... Like an angry snake, <laughs> most of this. He's really gimlet-eyed, and he's made. He has a conversation with Jennifer Jason Leigh, where he just puts it out there: "I'm going to get your mom in jail, no matter what I have to do." Right. And that conversation is great because you can. He's just dogged. He's going to close this. He's going to make up for the one failure he's had in his career.
0: Yeah. And no matter what.
1: Right. No matter what. Because
0: he's got to know. Fair Doesn't unfair. make any right. sense. Well, he
1: knows that because the. The uh, coroner's results were that the woman died as a result of a fall. So it doesn't matter whether or not somebody attempted to kill her after she was already dead. Yeah, So he knew that, but he was just coming after her because he was coming after her. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and we have to also... Ellen, uh, Ellen Muth, who I'm not really familiar with, playing the young Selena. The young
0: Selena. She's very good. Very good. Yeah. And I like the, the woman... I don't recognize... I didn't recognize her either. The woman that played Vera. Mm-hmm. Who has probably the most extreme aging um, right. m- work on her? Her name is Judy Parfitt,
1: who I have seen for years. But again, she's one of those actresses that um, has a long career, so I've seen her for a long, very long time. Oh
0: yeah, she's on that "Call the Midwife" show, which is a show that I'm curious about but have not watched. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't recognize her, but she was really good. She was in a little door at she's an English actress.
1: Mm-hmm. And so she was actually. uh, Well, I might
0: have seen her on ER. Apparently, she was on ER.
1: She was in Hamlet.
0: Well, everyone has been in Hamlet at some point. Nicole Williamson.
1: She was playing Gertrude, the sexy queen mom. That's a
0: real gross sentence you just said. (laughs) Yes, and that's exactly what that character is. It's kind of gross. (laughs) 1969 Hamlet. Yeah. Who did that?
1: You know, uh, it was directed by Tony Richardson, the who is a great director, actually. Nicole Williamson, Anthony Hopkins.
0: I don't know who Nicole uh, Williamson is. Nicole Williamson. It's a I, man, not a lady.
1: Yes. I don't know if you'd know him very well. He was primarily a stage actor. He did film character parts, but he's probably, to the members of the audience, would be most uh, memorable from playing Merlin in Excalibur.
0: Okay. Playing a really wild version of Merlin who's... He's been in a bunch of stuff that I've seen, but that right. not... Like, he was in Return to Oz. hmm Oh, he was the, the psychologist, wasn't he? Um, Dr. Worley, or mm-hmm. the Gnome King. Yes. He also was Macbeth at one point, so he's played Hamlet and Macbeth. Good yeah. job, buddy. No, yeah, that was primarily he was, a,
1: <laughs> he was a Shakespearean actor. But, yes, he was very... He also played... A, um, there's an interesting film. And he film. was
0: Cogliostro in Spawn. <laughs> I saw Spawn.
1: I remember. have
0: no recollection recom- of any of it.
1: <laughs> he did a film for Nicholas, I think it was Nicholas Meyer, called The 7% Solution, where he played a drug-addled, cocaine addict, Sherlock Holmes. I
0: was like, isn't that a Sherlock Holmes thing? Who yes, then gets is.
1: taken by Dr. Watson to meet Sigmund Freud to cure him... Dear of sweet Jesus, drug-
0: no. <laughs> it is a lovely What a mess. <laughs> that was, is time-appropriate, though, right? right? That's
1: time-appropriate. Alan Arkin played... Uh, Sigmund Freud. I
0: don't hate that.
1: And uh, and so there was only one real piece of miscasting in that movie, uh, Watson, and that was uh, Robert Duvall, who is doing a very bad English accent. <laughs> I don't. Especially that
0: is a that Freud. is a
1: poor choice. That was a really bad choice, but. Uh, the rest of the film, it's a big, beautiful kind of... Joel Grey and
0: Vanessa Redgrave and right. Laurence Olivier? Good grief.
1: Yeah, this was a big prestige film with a beautiful... It was beautifully done. The art direction is amazing. And these
0: big actors just acting out loud and... But this is a, like, a, like a fan fiction thing, right? Now, right? It's, a it's not a, a Conan Doyle... a person who actually
1: is a huge fan of Conan Doyle and Right, but this isn't game. a Conan no.
0: Doyle story. Okay, no. yeah.
1: But uh, I but don't
0: mind fan fiction. I'm not going to have right. a Star Wars argument. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just making sure that it's not, no, no, no. One it's of not the part of it, the stuff. canon,
1: as it's referred yeah. to. But yes, but it was a really fun story. And Nicole Williamson does
0: a really great sort of drug addled, losing his mind, Sherlock Holmes. Interesting, interesting, interesting. All right, so I was going back. Oh, I'm all lost now. Mm-hmm. Judy Parfit. Yeah, that's where we got it. Back to you. Dolores Claiborne. Uh, so I was going to look for taglines. I wonder if there are
1: any. Uh, the one that I saw in the poster actually was your favorite line. What was that? Seven times an accident can be a woman's best friend.
0: Oh, yes. Sometimes an accident can be an unhappy woman's, unhappy best, friend. woman's yeah. best friend. Well sometimes any woman any woman can not profit. They were separated I'm... by death and reunited by a murder. Except it wasn't a murder. <laughs> it was <laughs> the other way around. They were separated by a murder and reunited by a death. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but that would kill the suspense element because what we're trying to invest you with is, did she or didn't she? And it turns out she did, she did just not this time. Yeah. yeah right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I, again... Yeah, you didn't get her for the murder you could have gotten her It's a, a beautiful-looking movie. It is.
1: It, the, the visual effects... It looks
0: cold, y'all. You oh are going to need a blanket when you watch this the, the visual,
1: <laughs> I The visual effects around... The Eclipse, too, are very otherworldly and weird.
0: Yeah, and it was... And they say... The the, the line and the thing is that the Eclipse lasted six and a half minutes. It was some kind of record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's not how eclipses work. That's another as, little supernatural piece of that. As we've the,
1: discovered from reading uh, ste- or watching Stephen King's... Opistula, he doesn't care
0: about truth.
1: <laughs> s- no, he cares about truth. Science is not his strong suit. He is not a science fiction writer. As... <laughs> Was horribly displayed or put in display in a horrible way in golden years, where apparently time travel means you can put a clock back together again once it's broken.
0: <laughs> I mean, that was a, oh, well, Yeah, that was I hated that so much. That was a, why do you do moment. that? It just makes me upset. I don't want to be upset. <laughs> comfortable. But yeah, I do have
1: physical <laughs> discomfort when we talk about that. So it's just, yeah, science in the science fiction is not his strong suit. So it's fine. Um, there's very little science in Ray Bradbury's science fiction. It's just really good. Uh, so, yeah. Six-minute eclipses and people with perfect police arrest records. We can overlook that if the story is really good.
0: Yeah. So, um, the, you know, there are references to other Stephen King works in here. and um, Nah, sort of. Uh, Dolores tells Joe that he's going to have a long stay in Shawshank for what he's done mm-hmm. to Selena. Uh, it's, this story is referenced in Storm of the Century, apparently, so we'll see when we get there. Uh, the blue tint in the ring is an homage to Do- Dolores Claiborne. I don't know if that's true. This is on IMDb, so who knows? Uh, oh, God, I was There's just There's an episode of Haven, which yeah. is a show that is loosely based on Stephen King work.
1: Okay, I didn't know that.
0: Um... And a character's name is Dolores Bachman. Figure it out, y'all.
1: <laughs> I just read the Entertainment Weekly Review that's mentioned in Wikipedia, and that's horrible.
0: Oh, no. What did they say?
1: Uh, they gave the film a negative review, rewarding a, a D-plus rating, saying <laughs> so, this solemnly ludicrous psychological in quotes, thriller is like one of Hollywood's old hag gothics turned into a therapeutic grouseathon. It's "Hush, Hush, Sweet Charlotte" in the age of Oprah.
0: This was written by a man who doesn't like watching women on screen. Well, that's what that fucking that, sounds like. Uh,
1: that's that just Oof. that statement. Haggathon, uh, Hagga, old hag gothics, and again, "Hush, Hush, Sweet Charlotte" and uh, the witches and uh, whatever happened to Baby Jane, which is what
0: these are not. They used to call the I... Crone movies. Oh, okay. Uh,
1: but yeah, old hag gothic turned uh, into a therapeutic rouse, as if we have no right to mention alcoholism, abuse, and sexual molestation. Uh, that's a really... That tells you more about the reviewer than it tells about the film.
0: Yeah, that definitely, definitely does. So, um, it's... <laughs> I wonder it's, if it's Rex
1: Reed. I'm it's, sorry. It's, <laughs> well, Rex Reed is weird. Though, and this is typically <laughs> classified
0: reviews. as a drama or mm-hmm. a psychological thriller. Roger Ebert calls it a horror film. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also been identified as a gothic romance. Uh, And Roger Ebert says, um, this is a horror story, all right, but not a supernatural one. All of the elements come out of such everyday horrors as alcoholism, wife-beating, child abuse, and the sin of pride. Is that Christopher Plummer's character? I think so. Um,
1: Christopher Plummer would have made a lovely devil as well. He's very good at (laughs) conceit.
0: I'm trying to see but there's also a great deal of pride if it was involved nominated for anything, but it doesn't look With like
1: um, Kathy Bates and her daughter, hmm. the kind of stoicism that comes from that kind of... That sort of pride also is on display in, in the film. It's a very good movie.
0: Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Way better than The Mangler, y'all. Mm. Way better. I don't feel like I have to apologize for this one. The
1: <laughs> Mangler I felt like I had to wash my face after.
0: So upsetting. it's it's because there was so much makeup. You might have gotten some on you. No, oh, there we
1: go.
0: Um. So next week, next week we're gonna watch the Langoliers, and we're gonna go ahead and watch the whole thing. All right. It's a two part mini series. You know what? No, I'm not apologizing. I, I don't remember
1: it as being very good, but... I don't again. think
0: it's very good either, but I'm not apologizing for it because I don't think it's as bad as the mango. Oh, I thought it was like, because I didn't make it. So the the Langoliers <laughs> is about time eating. No, 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 Right? Yum, yum, yum. Yes, cromnivores. Eaters, eaters of time. Uh, and what happens if you get caught up? So there is some interesting, uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm looking forward (laughs) to seeing it. I remember enjoying Uh it the first time I saw it years and years ago. So we'll be watching the Langoliers for next week. The whole, the whole thing. The whole
1: thing. That's how committed we are to you, our our listening public.
0: Uh, In the meantime.
1: you. You, we do this all for you. Everything we do is for you. Go ahead.
0: In the meantime. Do you have anything you would like to recommend that isn't this? No, actually, I don't. You have nothing to recommend?
1: (laughs) I have been so busy this week, I have not caught up on things. Um, So I really don't have a recommendation
0: right now. You don't like Frozen? Frozen? I, I, you know, let, let me, <laughs> <laughs> I really thought Frozen, you were going to recommend Frozen. Frozen is a, yeah, I don't know. <gasps> really? Ooh, I, this might be an off-air conversation.
1: <laughs> I, I enjoyed the movie. I always feel a little uncomfortable, like, I saw a children's
0: film. I, it's fine.
1: Okay. It's I, not... But you know what? I Here, I can recommend it because it was obviously geared towards me as well. There is a lot of humor in Frozen that is not for children. Not saying that it's inappropriate, it's just not for children. Yeah. And some of the stuff would plainly go over their heads. There is a song scene, a a, a number, that one of the characters have, which is clearly...
0: (laughs) <laughs> it's just Peter Cetera. It's just it's glory of love. It's very, very in, funny in the middle of Frozen for like what's happening right now. <laughs> and the
1: characters are really <laughs> and
0: we mean Frozen too, y'all. Right. The one that's in the it's theaters.
1: It's really, really well drawn. Um, the actors and oh, the performers rather than the. the they're, it's actually, and the you can call amazing. them actors, they're actors. I don't know.
0: I, I get <laughs> They're I voice con- actors, right. they're actors. Which is the they're also one. Kristen Bell and um, Jonathan Groff and, and Idina Menzel. And wait, wait, could you say her name again? No, I'm not <laughs> going to. I won't fuck up her name because I have reverence and know who the fuck she is. I. She has a voice that will make me cry. I, I, I just cry when I she try. hits those notes. I can't, I can't.
1: I read her name out
0: loud on the screen. It's not a delta zim. It. Uh, yeah, not. I want to say it. I just like, what if I say it wrong? It's just really bad. Idina Menzel. She is the former wife of one Tay Diggs. Mm-hmm. They are no longer
1: married. Oh, that's a pity.
0: Uh, she is the original Alphaba from Wicked mm-hmm. on Broadway. And she can do a slide with her voice that is unreal. It's amazing. So good. And she does it in one of the songs in this movie. And I just fucking started crying. And I was like, I don't even know why I'm crying right now. There's
1: there's some really great mythological moments. There's characters out of mythology that appear uh, that you don't expect the salamander, for instance.
0: What was that guy? It's a salamander. But he's not a salamander. He's made of fire. Well, there's what we
1: call a salamander. And there's the mythological salamander, which is made of fire. Oh, and then I, I believe it's a Kelpie, the water horse. Oh, yes. Who is beautifully realized in this film. There's
0: The art in this film is gorgeous. And I would warn you,
1: if you're taking your kids, although these are kids who've been through Harry Potter, some of them, Yeah. there are going to be, especially on the big screen, some scary moments. And I appreciate that because it doesn't have to be safe and sanitary all the time. And so the water horse is a very scary piece of mythology uh that it exists in celtic mythology exists in well i mean i'm not going to go into that but it's uh the realization here is alternately scary and beautiful which is exactly what myth is supposed to be
0: it's from my people the scottish people a shape-shifting water spirit mm-hmm. inhabiting lochs and pools of scotland
1: but, yeah, it's beautifully realized in this film. They did a very good job. And there's some really good moments. The thematic things are something that we'll talk about another time because they take on a very big subject.
0: Yeah, we're not going right. to spoil. Right. No spoilers.
1: But there's a very big subject, and it's, it's done as well as it probably could do for a children's film. Yeah, um, yeah. But, but still, it's, a, it's always problematic because it's a very big subject anytime yeah. that you try to tackle something. I remember yeah. when we were watching Prince of Egypt
0: no, oh, yeah. It's not going to work. Like, we, we can't um, talk
1: about genocide. This is pretty sanitized here, <laughs> right, y'all. Right. Genocide and, and God in a children's film isn't going to quite work out really well. These are really big a ideas. A musical, even. Right? These are big ideas and they don't really fit. I mean, trying to make them for children is just going to make it weird, which it did. But, um, but anyhow, no. Yes, Frozen 2 is a good movie. And the snowman's hysterical. And Anna, with her ugly cries and sleeping with her mouth open, (laughs) is a really wonderful counterpoint to her incredibly poised sister. And they've maintained that dynamic in a way that's really very funny. Because Anna is horribly insecure. (laughs) You want to break up? She's really insecure in a way that's endearing, especially because there's so much else going on here where these people are superhuman and there's this person... Who just seems to have her nose running most of the time.
0: She's just a person. I know. She's a normal person.
1: makes her likable, I think. So is that what you were going to recommend? No. What were you going to
0: recommend? You're so blasé about it. What were you going to recommend? I just want people to know that Making It's Back, y'all. It's on NBC. Uh-huh. It's on Hulu. You should watch it. It makes you feel warm and fuzzy on the inside.
1: On the inside, where it matters.
0: There are four episodes last week. There'll be four episodes this week, which means that they're probably all done by the time you guys hear this. Just watch it. It's so good. and fuzzy. Amy Poehler, craft makers. They make things. It's so good. I love it so much.
1: If you're warm and fuzzy on the outside, it's probably a fungus.
0: No. Decomposing. Oh, gross.
1: Mm. All right. Anyhow, there we are.
0: That was upsetting. No. All right, next week, Langoliers. Langoliers. I think we have it on DVD. Hopefully, we have the whole thing. Sounds like a
1: breakfast cereal. It's have some tasty Langoliers. I don't think Just that add it
0: milk. sounds like a breakfast It does. It sounds like the world's cereal. worst breakfast cereal. Uh, oh, I'm going to also put a personal request out that nobody sees the Richard Jewell movie. Don't, don't watch that movie. It's I propaganda.
1: So, I have... I want to see that story because I lived through it. I want to see that
0: story too. They're doing a, a mini-series of it for next year. Uh, I, I feel like that's the story to watch. Um, They went ahead and added a point in where Olivia Wilde, the journalist, uh-huh. who, bad enough on her own because what she did to this man was fucked up. Right. They have a whole plot point where she and John, John Hammer are sleeping together. Journalists do not sleep with their sources. These two people never met in real life. They just fucking made it up. Oh, that's now people are like, "Oh, poor poor um Atlanta whatever. It really sucks when you make up store when people make up stories about you that you can't substantiate." Da, 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 da. So yeah, it is a little hypocritical of them to be bad about it now, but this woman passed away at the age of 42 and cannot speak for herself at this point. She could have just been a Journalist who person. was over who was overzealous <laughs> right. without fucking her sources, and I'm real, real, real tired of that being the. De- if you have a fucking female journalist in anything now, right. they have to fuck the source, and I, do, I don't. I'm, I'm done with well, it. I'm tired this, of it.
1: I, I when I started seeing the commercials for. Well,
0: it, Barbara Walters has slept mm-hmm. with fucking everyone. Like I don't. What's what are we doing?
1: I, I had an issue with I, and this is. My thing, because I'm very conflicted. I really want to hear this story because yeah. I lived through it. Yeah. And I thought this guy got the rawest deal of yep. anybody for a really long time. I thought, though, that especially coming from Clint Eastwood, who is a director that otherwise I respect most of the time, um, it's it just felt like a dog whistle.
0: Yeah, that's and what it feels the like. The media's um, out to
1: get you, the government's out to get you.
0: And in a way that I felt like the Joker. And you can't believe anything was, that the media says right. because everything that they do is I, I underhanded like and The wrong. Joker
1: also was another movie where I feel I felt like I don't I think I'm ready to see it now. I think I mentioned that to you the other day. But it's just one of those things where I feel as if it's reaching out to an audience or saying something that's going to be recognized by a certain segment of the public. That is going to use this as their rallying cry. Look, this is something for me, and I'm not sure that's the message that necessarily you should be encouraging with
0: people now. So, in there is a, a show which I guess is called Manhunt, mm-hmm. and the first season was about the Unabomber. The mm-hmm. second season is going to be about the an Olympics bomber, which is, um. This story mm-hmm. and Richard Jewell is going to be played by Cameron Britton, who plays Ed Kemper in Manhunter. Okay. Uh, and so I'm interested in seeing so that'll probably be a
1: more factual version that of that show. Story.
0: I would hope so, but who I mean, who knows? But this one seems to mm-hmm. be a hatchet job on the media, um, and in a time. When we really don't need that. Yeah. And being led by, yeah, Clint Eastwood is really making propaganda at this point, it feels like. Which and is such so pity. Don't, don't do that. Yeah, Olivia Wild's character. Because we did like, we saw it, is a real person. Uh-huh. Uh, and the allegation that she would have been sleeping with a source to get the story is, uh, she could have just been a bad journalist. She doesn't also need to be sleeping with her sources, well, which makes her like, a fundamentally broken journalist. You can't. That's not. You right. can't call yourself a journalism. They're journalist and and be doing that on the record.
1: Well, it's, I think you're questioning all the sort of motivations and things for journalists. I, I would like to see what her motivation was, for doing this.
0: Really, it, it, not real because she's is, sleeping right. with John Hamm when those right. two characters never met in real life. Like it, it just. It that is a storyline that drives me up the fucking wall. And when I saw that, that's w- that they mm. were doing that, because the paper put out a letter for a retraction, basically, mm. they want the <clears throat> filmmakers to say, we made this part of it mm. up. Which, to be fair, they should do. Because you're saying this is based on a true story. Mm. These are the real people's names. And you just <laughs> made this thing up, a whole cloth. And And... It's hypocritical for you to be pointing out that the media shouldn't be doing this shit when you're doing the exact same thing. You can't use the tactic that you're trying to call out in the thing that you're doing the calling out in. See,
1: I um, there's a point where filmmakers' particular points of view, their political or religious or whatever points of view, start interfering with their ability to tell a story. Yeah. And...
0: Especially if it's a real story. Go see Queen and Slim instead.
1: <laughs> that would be funny.
0: <laughs> we'll be going to see that soon. That's why we haven't recommended it yet. yet. We have not watched it yet. That movie's going to make me cry for like three hours. I can't wait. I don't think it's that long. No, I'll probably still cry afterwards. Um, that brings us to the end, right?
1: Right. Yeah, that brings us to the end.
0: Next up, Langoliers. Find it. Watch it. Go back in time with us. Uh, If you have questions, concerns, comments, or if you know where we can find the night flyers, reach out. (laughs) right. Please. (laughs) Because I'm having trouble finding it. I might have to buy a DVD. I don't want to buy a DVD, y'all. We are uh, at Gmail. I mean, (laughs) we have an email. It's latecomerspod at gmail.com. We have a Twitter. It's at latecomerspod on Twitter. We have a Facebook group, Latecomers Podcast. You can find us there. Uh, We'll be back next week. We thank you so much for listening. I remind you to take your medicine, and we remind you...
1: Better late than never. never.